My plan is to finish up verse 21 today. But you guys know how well my plans work. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. Reading of the Holy Word of God. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Father, teach us. Teach us. Maybe the greatest issue in the church today is the lack of spirit-filled believers. So, Father, I pray that this day you help us to understand the urgency, but, Father, you help us understand the privilege the power and the glory that it brings unto you. Father, help us. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, we're looking at some consequences here of the uh, command that was given of being spirit-filled. And uh, we looked at it, the consequences that are with ourselves. We've looked at the consequences that are with God. And we're looking at the consequences with believers. But the thing is, is that this verse is just a bridge that takes us all the way over to 6-9. And he will illustrate submission throughout those verses. But it starts with verse 21, Be subject to one another in fear of Christ pretty straightforward if you think about it but yet we manage to uh, mess that up don't we we were discussing this earlier that the men all know what the women are supposed to do and the women all know what the men are supposed to do and the kids say they nobody knows what anybody's doing and then you get hired and you hate your boss and your boss hates you and we're perfect okay and we live in a society of chaos If you look at creation, all right, it's all designed to operate with authority and submission. I think that we would all agree there's times that we've had employers who were good. There's times that we've had employers that you're like, how in the world did you get here? Okay. I'm going to give you some advice. First to the men. Men, if you have to tell your wife to submit, you've lost. Okay? Women, if you have to tell people that you are submitted to your husband, you've lost. Okay? Don't kid yourself. Because I don't know a man ever who's told his wife to submit and it had a good outcome. Okay? But I've also known some women who wanted to brag about their submission to their husbands. And I kept thinking, well, I haven't seen it. Well, pastor, you need to understand I am submitted to my husband. And you should go tell your husband that you are. Okay? 
I've been looking at a whole bunch of different issues that is the submission thing. And I've shared with you, I've showed you the government. You have government have the authority. Showed you in Romans 13 that they have the authority of the sword. So you will listen. You can look at your government right now, whether it's the the town government, whether it's the county government, whether it's the state government, whether it is the federal government, and they have authority. They control the police departments, all the legislative branches, and they put into place. We are supposed to be voting knowledgeably. That's a whole different topic. But you, you look at it. You know, I try to tell people when you vote, Vote as close to the biblical principles as you can get. All right? I mean, that's that's the easiest way for me to describe it. Listen, you are not going to get a godly, perfect person in politics, because if they're godly and they're perfect, they're not going to be in politics. Okay? I mean, I'm sorry, but it's, that's the way it is. But I also know that God raises up governments, And God takes down governments. I try to explain this to people. What you saw happen, I had a discussion with a lady pastor. I'll discuss that in a minute. And she was explaining to me that Satan stole the election from Donald Trump. And I said, that's impossible. And she said, well, no, look, there was cheating. I said, yeah, there's been cheating in elections as long as I can remember. And she said, well, Satan did it. I said, no, God gave us what we wanted. God raises up governments, God takes down governments, okay? And you say, well, he didn't do a very good job. Well, take it up with him and explain yourself. I don't have a problem. Just tell him, man, I, you kind of blew this, okay? I looked at also the church. The church has authority and submission. You have elders in the church. You have deacons in the church then you have the congregation. All right? Deacons are not in authority. Deacons are servants. They are set an example for the rest of the church. Okay? Elders should be giving themselves to prayer and a ministry of the Word. And out of that is what you call, and I call, the pastorate. Uh, I like the way the brethren do it. It's a verb. Part of that is shepherding. That is what a pastor is, is a shepherd. He shepherds the flock. How does he do it? I just told you. Through the Word and through prayer. Okay? Now listen. In all of these cases, and I'll deal with this one more time. In all of these cases, there is no place in the Scriptures that says that a woman should be in leadership in the body of Christ. I would believe that some, and I say this as softly and gently as I can, that part of the reason that our government is screwed up is that there are women in leadership. Sorry. I do not think that God created them or equipped them for a task. And so they are in in a realm that they are not capable of. But God bless them. Okay? You think I'm bad about it. Don't talk to my mom about it. Boy, she starts listing names. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to do that. Okay, but 
in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, For it was Adam who was created first, and then Eve, and it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgressions. Okay, that is why women in the church are not to teach over men. They don't have a place of authority in the church. Do you understand that? Now, people will say, uh, a month ago, I had the, the twins serve the Lord's table. Well, did they teach over you? Did they exercise authority over you? If a woman prays in the congregation, does that mean she's not submitted? I don't know about you. I like people praying. The more the merrier. Well, we had a woman read Scripture today. Where does it say women are not to read Scripture? Okay? They do not have authority. Okay? It's... I... I don't understand what this... I just had this conflict this week with a Christian school that they're trying to get me to be on the... (laughs) pastoral board for it to guide the spiritual condition and direction of the school and I've met with the school board members and uh, I can't in a good conscience be involved in it and I explained this to him this week is that hey you guys know where I stand It's on the Word of God, correct? Oh, yes. That's why we want you on the board. Then how in the world can I work with you guys when your actions are defying what the Word of God is? I can't do that. And there's a couple of things about the filling of the Spirit. You know, I was saved for 20 years, and then the Spirit baptized me, and I've been effective. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then there was another one where... They wanted a lady to be on the school board who's a pastor. And I said, what? <laughs> and I, no, I can't. I can't do it. I can't with good conscience. I said, you guys want me to just roll in here and keep throwing grenades? You know, do your thing. All right? You'll give an account for it when you see him. But, and I, and I, I don't do that to pick a fight. I'm doing that because that's what this book says. Okay. That is the church. Women are supportive of the leadership of the men. That is what helpmate is. All right? And, you know, I guarantee you there's not a couple in this church who has not had a conflict over the direct leadership of the husband. Well, he just doesn't know what he's doing. He'll learn. Okay, listen, I've never been a perfect father. I've never been a perfect husband, but I keep learning. And the day I stop learning is the day that my faith becomes sight. Okay, but we have to understand it. That is the woman's responsibility. Look at verse 15 of the text. First Timothy 2. But women will be, this, this translation says preserved. I'll deal with this in a minute. Will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in the faith, love, and sanctity with self-restraint. Okay, now I have heard so many goofy people try to explain to me that that text means that women have babies, they're saved. That's why you'll see some religions have lots of kids. 
Why? That means I'm really, really, really saved. All 11 of them. This text has nothing to do with salvation, first and foremost. All right? What it is, is God is giving the balance between the authority of the man and the submission of the woman. All right? The woman has to take a place of submission to the leadership of the man. That is the structure of the family. And the balance is awesome because she bears the children. Okay? Who has influence on the children in the household? Listen, I've seen some of these big wooly booger football players do something great. they got no neck. They're as big as Ethiopia. They sit there. They put a camera on them. The guy looks at them and goes, Hi, Mom. I have never seen one of them guys say, Hey, Dad, what's up? That's where the influence comes from. And... Because they're barren children, that removes them from the second-class role. Listen, dudes, if they're not barren children, you ain't. I mean, and it stops right there. So when you see this, I hear people try to say, well, you know, women will be saved because they bear children. That's not the context of this book. I mean, if you think about it, gosh, that's like theological yoga. You know, if I twist it enough, I can make it work. Women are powerful. I believe that women are the most powerful influence on the child. My kids, they're all grown. Okay? I mean, my youngest is what, 30... I'm supposed to know this. 32 or something like that. Okay? If they have an issue, you know who they call? It ain't me. And I am so thankful. (laughs) Lord, you have blessed me. Okay? That is the balance that exists in the family. The father has the responsibility of leadership. Okay, you know what that means? He's accountable. If the family unit screwed up, whose fault is it? I don't see anybody get up with a hearty amen on that one. I mean, men, you know, I need to get my woman to submit. Then I suggest you do your responsibility. Yeah, but she won. That's not the way it's written. It doesn't say you do it until or what. It says, no, this is your responsibility. Men are the spiritual leader. And you know what happens when you leave them alone? They lose self-restraint and they go eat of forbidden fruit. You know, we can all sit there and say, well, Eve was deceived. Well, where was her protector? Okay. The father has the responsibility. He's the leader, but he has the accountability. And the wife has the input of influence. And that's the balance. Okay? There's equality in the family. You go through this, and we will over the next 12 years, 
you go through this, there is equality, whether it's the kid to the children, or the kids to the parents, or whether it's the husband to the wife, or the wife to the husband, all the way down the line, employee to employer, and vice versa. It's equality. But there is still authority, and there's still submission. And this passage coming through the next section of time, we will see uh, that every human being is submitted someplace to something. It's beautiful if you think about it, yet it does not negate the fact of God's design. All right? I mean, uh, there's so much that we're going to get into. I don't really want to. I, I just wanted to look at it in its totality that we have a principle and a plan that was designed by our Creator. And when we submit to the principle and the plan of God, it is beyond your understanding. Listen, I I did some research in this, and it really kind of broke my heart. I look at, uh, I'm going to stay specifically with our country. I can go anywhere with it. This is desperately needed today. Okay? Desperately needed. Do you realize that in the United States right now, divorce is at 63% of Americans have been divorced? Do people understand what that does to children? And when they look at it, do they ever really think about it? It's amazing the amount. I, I, I look at that and I think about it. I deal with it. I've dealt with it. I've, it's been personal to me and it has been part of my ministry. Do we realize the amount of bitterness that comes out of that? Ain't nobody thinks about that. Oh, man, she made me mad. No, he made me mad. Well, I've, you know, I found a, a prettier one. I found an uglier one or whatever. And we have no idea of the bitterness that we will put forth. And you know what the children think? They're unwanted. I read testimonies coming out of Russia. In Russia, if the father and mother are drunks, the government comes in and puts the kids in an orphanage until they get their ducks in a row. And you'll see these testimonies of little kids, brothers and sisters in these orphanages, saying, well, no, they'll be back for us. Then at 18 years old, poof, you're out of here. You don't have a job, we don't care. Go live for yourself. But a lot of the churches there in Russia are moving into these orphanages. And you guys support a lady named Lena in uh, Oriel. And that's, her, that's what she does. She goes to orphanages. And when these kids get out, they stick them in the basement, take care of them until they can teach them a trade. See, it is when there is a divorce, I've never met a child who did not think they were responsible. Whether they are or not. I mean, there's times I want to just, no, your parents are idiots. I never said that. But there's times when I looked at it and I was like, you don't understand, you're going to be better off. 
We have a self-centered society. It's all about me. And if it's all about me, the last thing I want is what? Kids. Hey, I grew up, my young adult life, I don't want no kids. Why? I knew what a responsibility they were. And you know what? I was right. Okay? But in a self-centered society, kids are a burden. Did you know that HHS says that one-third in the United States, one-third of childbearing adults are sterile? The thing is, is that I see in our society, we want sex, but we don't want responsibility. I mean, that is as blunt as I can make it. And you know what? If you have sex, <laughs> daggone, I couldn't believe there's a kid. And people don't want kids. Why? It's a responsibility. It's a burden. And it, it takes your freedom. Now you're not working for just yourself. You're working for these little things. And we have a culture, we have a nation today who does not want this. That's why I watch kids in divorces get so confused by it. And it, people say, well, you know, like, our kids are grown and up. It doesn't matter. Kids are still confused by it. If they're quote unquote adult kids, they're still confused by it. And I guarantee you that if you look at the divorce, there's a bitterness in the children. Listen, I have talked to many people. And their conclusion is, if there are no kids, then I can just walk away. Because, gosh, I could end up having to pay alimony or child support, something like that. But if we don't ever have any kids, I can just walk away from it. I actually see the action speaks to me as that the children are in the way. Okay, now then. It's gotten so bad in churches, divorce, that we now have divorce recovery classes in churches. I was reading an article about a church in Virginia that has a divorce service. They bring the people who are divorcing, usually just the one, and they have a celebration, they call it on the sanctifying moment that these people will be single and at the end of the service, the pastors pronounce them divorce and no longer under the burden in a church. So if you've got sterilization, you've got abortion, it's all based on self-consumption, then I can look at the American family and tell me if I'm wrong. And it's a mess across the board. 
People are just wanting sex. I mean, go. You see it on. I get stuff pops up here. Here's a single. Here's a here discreet cheating. You're like discreet cheating. No, because you're going to charge my credit card and everybody will see it. I, but that to me, that's if that ain't working, then why is it showing up? And I, and it's it's amazing to me. Because I know that the reason for it is that we are self-consumed. I'm not submitting. I'm going to get out of this everything that I can get out of this. You know what I've learned and I've seen? There is no concern in the United States today for what is a fulfilled family. We think if we pay for their college... That's cool. If I do this or I do that, that's cool. Hey, listen, I grew up, there was four of us, and dad worked, mom did a little part-time stuff every once in a while. She was a bookkeeper. And it was so that we can go on vacations two weeks a year. Uh, we could have a house, a nice house, and the two boys could fight over who was going to have to cut the grass. And... That was the American dream. I've gotten old enough now to say that isn't what God designed. People think a concern or a fulfilled family is sex. And I watch people move from person to person. I've seen it in this church many years ago, two pastors ago. Uh, they got started chewing hook, line, and sinker into quote unquote biblical counseling, and uh, started putting people in groups. You know, you, you're kind of goofy over here, you're a little goofy over here. I'll put you over here, and, and like this. And the next thing you know, you got people swapping spouses. You know, I was in my group over here with this guy. He's pretty nice. And the next thing you know, he's they're divorcing and they're getting remarried. And I'm sitting there going. Right, I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's why people say, well, when you need counseling in your church, where do you go to? I said, me? I counsel you guys every Sunday and Wednesday. What is it you think I'm doing? We, uh, I'm hearing this now. Uh, Kyle, it's your generation. Game's up. That they're not going to marry. Why? Maybe they had a parent, an aunt, an uncle, somebody, and saw a very bitter divorce. Why would I want to go through that? So I'm not marrying. Okay? Because they're going to get caught with this. Where our society is moving right now, I've posed this questions to the intellectual beings of our community. If we're going to identify trans as normal, then you can't keep them from having two spouses. Okay? And you think, Terry, that is the dumbest thing. Uh-uh. Go look at the equality bill that they're wanting to pass. I, as a pastor, am not allowed to discriminate between any marriage that comes into the building. 
If it's homosexual, I have to do the marriage. If it's trans, I got to do both marriages or whatever. Okay, and you know what? <laughs> right. <laughs> that a yeah. If I want to admit to a woman pastor, that dog ain't hunting. <laughs> so I don't put me in jail. Start now. I have seen this mess. I know what this is about. I know that God created the fulfilled family. That means that that is Satan's target. Okay? It's no different than, well, I believe we evolved. You know, 72% of Christians believe that God created through evolution. You know what that means? They bought the lie. Okay? You look at the, the condition, the spiritual condition and the marital condition of churches. They bought the lie. Okay? Listen, I know some of you are divorced and I'm not here to beat you with it. Okay? You're forgiven at east from west, depths of the ocean and all the rest. Of it. That's not what I'm here what I'm saying is, if you look at it, the role of authority and submission was corrupted somewhere, and you made decisions that you're like, eh, boy, that didn't work out very good. Okay? I'm dealing with a couple of situations right now. I'm sitting there going, no. I mean, you can still do it. I mean, I'm not going to hold a gun. You know, I'm going to shoot you in the butt if you go through with this. No. You can do it, but I can tell you what, there will be a scar that you will carry. And I know this from experience. There will be a scar you carry. And you won't get rid of it until your faith becomes sight. There's a heartache that you can't get rid of. Whether it's in the church or whether it's in our society, uh, I guess you could just summarize it as a lack of commitment. I remember talking to an old boy who'd been married. I think Moses did their service. And I was talking to him, and one of his great-grandkids came in and said, well, you know, the first five years is the worst, but I should get over it. He looked at him and laughed. He says, now the first 52 are. <laughs> Why? Because self is always there. That earthen vessel is always rising up. Then I take my grandparents. They were married for 62 years. And just before I moved out here, he was dying. Uh, well, I had moved out here. Uh, I'd taken him on a road trip to see his homeland. And uh, he went back and was diagnosed with lung cancer. And he said, well, I ain't going to do anything about it. And, I mean, he lived another, like, four years after it. During that time, my grandmother, his wife, uh, had a stroke, a serious stroke. And so she had to, uh, she moved in with my mom, okay? And he'd go over and see her every day. And uh, and then he'd go off and do what, you know, he was a junkyard and body man mechanic kind of guy. Finally, one morning, he woke up dead. The next day, she died. You know what's really weird about it? Mom told me, that she prayed every day 
that he would die before her so that nobody else would have to take care of her husband. That's commitment. That's commitment. Our society is based on selfish desires. We have no idea what it means to make a commitment. We spoke this morning about the Lord's table. That was the fulfillment of the old covenant and the establishment of the new covenant. Do you know what a covenant is? It's a blood covenant. Only by the death of one shall it be broken. That's what it is. We have contracts now, right? If you watch sports at all intermittently, they make contracts until they get mad. Now I'm walking away from it. I'll sit over here and be mad. Whatever. We have contracts all over. We sign a contract when supposedly we get married. Okay. Actually, if you look at it biblically, it's a covenant. That's why you hear that phrase, till death do we part. It's a blood covenant. It was a blood covenant in the Lord Jesus Christ that you and I have been redeemed. The old covenant God made with Abraham to start it. And he slaughtered the animals. Now all you have to do to get out of it, Abraham, is for God to die. Okay? We don't understand that. I look at relationships today. I had a conversation with somebody. <laughs> you see relationships in the church. And Sunday for an hour, you're like, that's pretty cool. But then you see it or you hear it, and you spend a little time with it, and you're like, yeah. That don't look like any fun. And you sit there and I said, so it's a masquerade. It's a masquerade. And yet they have not understood the role of submission and or the role of authority. There's a lot of relationships out there today that are quote unquote hanging together. But there's a lot of pride in the relationship. There's a lot of self-centeredness in the relationship. And um, they don't realize that what I see, it's broken. It's broken. We've all seen people that you wonder, why are you together? Right? And yet, they're still together. Why? Well, you can't divorce. God says, can't divorce. Well, it's nice that you honored it, but you're not glorifying Him in the oneness of your relationship. Listen, brothers and sisters, that is our world. Okay? But, I want to share with you something else. That is our world, isn't it? Tell, tell me I'm wrong. Okay? Let me show you something else. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. 
Can Apollos tell Timothy, get ready, boy, here's what the church is going to look like. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. From among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sin, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. I've heard some people try to tell me that Paul was explaining to Timothy what the world looked like. Then Timothy is an idiot. The world does not hold to a form of godliness and deny the power. That is the church. Remember what he said. In the last days, difficult times will come. Charles Spurgeon in verse 2 says, Men will be lovers of self. He says that's a sewer pipe that all the rest of it pours out of. Are you cheered up yet? Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. The battle is here. They don't talk about the full armor of God saying, Okay, love, peace, train, kumbaya. Okay, you have an enemy who's running around wanting to devour you. He's wanting you to shame your God. You hear the little whisper, has God said. We're eyeball deep in this, brothers and sisters. I've been trying to tell people. They smile at me, pat me on the head and says, you're such a sweet man. So, are you depressed yet? You should have read some of the statistics I read. You're like, did I miss the big exit? (laughs) 518, brothers and sisters, all that is needed, be filled with the Spirit. If you are filled with the Spirit, men, you will lead godly, And you will love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You will die to self so that she may flourish. Women, if you are filled with the Spirit, you will train up your young children in the ways of God. You will submit to your husband with an eagerness, a want, knowing that every time you do, it will be reciprocated multi-times. Women should be knocking themselves over to serve their husbands. Battle is here. Listen, if you are filled with the Spirit, God Himself will produce within us the glory of a meaningful marriage of a meaningful family, 
and a meaningful job. The command comes from a contrast in verse 18. Don't be like the world, drunk on wine and the influence of the world. Be filled with the Spirit. Let Him be the one who fills your sails and tells you and directs you which way to go. Because there's consequences. When you are Spirit-filled and you're being led by Him, the world grows strangely dim. And there's a joy in my heart, a melody in my soul that I sing forth to Him. Sometimes I do it openly. Sometimes I do it closed. But I look around at everything. Everything. I don't even care what's on the news. I look at it and say, I thank God for everything. For everything. For the good and the bad. I have to go see my doctor on Tuesday, the guy who likes to harpoon my eye. I'm working up the strength to be thankful. Okay? But it's for everything. Why? Do you realize what a blessing it is to be born in this country? Let me ask you this. Have you taken advantage of it? You know that you can go to the public library? And if there's a spiritual book that you want and they don't have it, they have to get it for you. Go check out the library here. I got a whole shelf that's mine. They have to get it. It's a public library. That's where I read Calvin's Institutes. I wasn't going to spend $400 for a stack of books. So, Miss Librarian... And I'd go down there and read for a few hours every day. I said, man, you know, this guy is like really smart. <laughs> we, and I mean we, Castle Rock Baptist Church, are terrific at sticking bandages on symptoms. Okay? We really struggle with reality. Did you really think when you got married it was all going to be poof diddy poof diddy poof diddy? Two blind, naked, depraved, cursed individuals shall with no problem whatsoever be one. Really? Kyle's like, man, you've taught me right out of it. I'm going to the monastery. (laughs) We need to see God's principles. The only way you see God's principles and rejoice in them is to be spirit-filled. Remember, the end times, what the church will look like. We don't want to be in that. Why? Let us be spirit-filled. Why? You've been blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. That's not bad. So we should live like it. We are children of the King. We are heirs. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are here under the law. Absolutely. But if I'm spirit-filled, guess what? Piece of cake.
If think about it, God's doing it. We just need to get out of the way. That, my brothers and sisters, is what it is to be spirit-filled. I will deal with submission in the weeks to come, beginning in verse 22. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your holy book. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. You know, Father, uh, I pray that they stand in the grace that is Christ Jesus. I pray that you open the hearts of their minds, that they may know the deep, deep, deep things of God. And that, Father, they will understand the working of your Spirit. Father, may we all be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. But, Lord, only you can do that. It's not a basis of a bunch of facts, Lord. It is a basis of a bunch of submission. Thank you, my King. We are against the world forces of this darkness and spiritual forces and wickedness in heavenly places. But we are your people. We love you. We praise you. To the King of kings, to the Lord of lords, Christ's name, amen. Told you I'd get done.